All right, so that was Jesus in Nazareth and the calling of the disciples. I did leave out uh, Peter and Matthew because that's actually going to be part of the women's retreat. So I didn't want to spoil it for our speaker. Um, that's okay, though, because... Uh, all right, so far we've followed kind of chronologically in the Gospels. Uh, Annunciation, birth, baptism, temptations, and now calling. Following this week, I think we're just going to be kind of all over the place because once Jesus calls his disciples, each Gospel kind of takes on a different uh, kind of line of uh, uh, events. So just uh, we'll, it'll be fun. But um, the uh, okay, so we're going to take... Last week we started with the Bible and then with the movies. This, this week we're actually going to start with the movies and then go to the Bible. But um, in t- viewing these videos, obviously uh, there was callings of the disciples. The, but the, for those who were here right away, what was, what was the first image or scene of the clips that we saw? What was Jesus doing? Yeah, teaching, preaching in the temple. That's important because... Uh, that's good. Okay, good. And, of course, was that preaching well-received? No, right? He threw him, uh, they were going to stone him. Now, uh, who stopped, actually, the one guy from throwing the stone? Did you guys catch the, the guy's name? It was Andrew. Who proceeded then to run after Jesus. Now, um, okay, now, when we take a look at these uh, videos, and I want you to think about this one too, is just two primary questions that we need to answer. Uh, how is Jesus portrayed, and then how are the disciples portrayed? And in these videos right now, what would you say? How is Jesus portrayed, not only uh, just kind of in general, but more specifically about as a leader or a master or a rabbi or a teacher? Um, and then disciples not just generally speaking, but more of uh, followers. You know, kind of what characteristics kind of come out in terms of followers. How, how would you answer those questions based on the, on the scenes that we just saw? There wasn't any verbal exchange to speak, to speak the tongue. Um, he was perceived as um, an authority, an attraction, if you will. Yeah, right, sure. And um, these particular gentlemen understood it and were attracted to him. Okay. Now, is that for everybody that he had follow him? There's three characters. Andrew, um, uh, Philip, and then um, Thomas. Now, in the video at the very end, that's Peter and Matthew. But he said Simon, so maybe he caught that on. Um, and then there's another guy in the video, John. But those are part of the, like this other scene that I just left out. Um, so, but with Thomas, would you would you say that characterizes Thomas following him, or was there something else? Thomas was both verbal and visual. Yeah. So, what would be the visual? Death and life. Yeah. You just saw a girl be resurrected. Guy who just you know healed someone to. From death, he says, follow me, he has some, some authority. Now, for Andrew and Philip, though, it's kind of the opposite, right? I mean, Jesus preaches, and then everyone hates him, 
and they seek after him. Okay. But they were sent by John. But they were sent by John, exactly. So they have someone else's authority, but not their own personal authority. I mean, uh, experience. So that, that's, that's important to kind of keep in mind. Um, oh, so Jesus, though. What about Jesus in these videos? I, I, I personally enjoy Jesus in these videos, in, in this movie. Calm, uh, calm, quiet, authoritative. But not ruling this way. Sure. Well, you always, you always think you, there's something else going on in his brain, right? Because when he looks at people, it's kind of interesting when he looks at people, you know, it, it's not quite normal looking, is it? Now, it has to do with his, his very fantastically blue eyes, of course. <laughs> But even trying to, trying to not look at that. But just his, his eyes when he looks at uh, Andrew and Philip. And then even at the end when he's in uh, Jairus' house and he's just kind of looking. Like he's not just, I mean, he's like, you know, silence or whatever he said. You know, the girl's he's sleeping. He's looking at everybody's beards, you know, and, and how they're attired. He's looking at their toes. Well, Maybe. I mean, we don't know that, right? But that's that you're led to believe that. Well, maybe. I don't know. I mean, he could be just an aloof. I mean, he could be a goof. That's right. Okay, good. So that, that, that's kind of interesting about how Jesus is portrayed in these videos, is that he is human, obviously. Um, but at the same time, there's something just kind of not right with him, in a sense. Uh, and that, that's kind of interesting for me, because in the Gospel of Mark, especially, Jesus is he's odd. Jesus is very odd. Um, we're not going to go through all the whole book of Mark to, to kind of show you that, but he is, uh, he's very compu- compu- uh, peculiar, um, you know, from snarling at people to um, uh, telling people to, you know, come by him and then kicking him out of, out of his presence to, uh, uh, you know, just saying, hey, disciples, you know everything, and then... You know, it's painfully obvious they know nothing. So he's kind of just an odd character, Mark. So I feel like this this video, to a certain extent, kind of portrays the Mark and Jesus in a sense. Okay. Um, All right, good, great. So we're going to take a look at some other videos. And kind of the order is, I believe this is the order, Jesus of Montreal. Now, last week we saw a scene from Jesus of Montreal, uh, the temptation scene. Uh, this scene will actually be his calling of the disciples scene. And a couple things to know about this scene is I edited a big chunk out um, because it's uh, you know, rated R. Um, but he calls one of his disciples from a place of ill repute. Let's put it that way. Just you'd, We wouldn't go there. And maybe you can figure that out when you... Uh, we'll, we'll disclose that afterwards. Um, then, then the next scene is uh, the Gospel of Matthew, Pasolini's video, the black and white Italian video. So we've got a French video and a, an Italian video. So good, yeah. Uh, this, the third one is, I believe, from um, 
the latest the Son of God video, movie. Or no, I'm sorry, Last Temptation of Christ. It's a real short one. And then, and then the Son of God film from last year, 2014. And then King of Kings. Now, if we get through all those, that'd be great, but I might have to stop. But for each of those, I have some real distinct reasons why we, I show those. Um, but just think about how is Jesus portrayed and how do the disciples are portrayed. How is Jesus portrayed as a leader or a rabbi or a teacher, someone who you know, gathers disciples? And then uh, also, how are the disciples? Like, how do the disciples respond to Jesus' calling or lack thereof? Um, and then, uh, you know, just, you know, their character as a, as a follower from the beginning. Um, yeah, we'll just leave it at that. Two simple ones. Shirley. Can't you say, though, in difference of the different Gospels, that in the Gospel of Mark, they, they portray Jesus in both the human and the divine? Sure. In, in both ways, because... Yeah, right. In, in many of the passages in Mark, they treat him very much very human, like you said. Right. But then there's also the divineness that they well, portray. Well, I think that's why. I think that's why he's, he's peculiar. Is his humanity is peculiar because he is the Son of God. Yeah, exactly. Um, his actions, yeah, are also. But um, as are finials in the lectern, you know, the the head of the human, the head of the lion, the head of the ox, and the head of the eagle. Those are all images of the four Gospels, and each of those images actually are representative, or people have decided, they're representatives of the Gospels themselves. So yeah, so surely you're right. I mean, so, you know, Jesus and Matthew, I mean, obviously it's the same Jesus, but how Matthew views Jesus is just a little bit different, right? You know, because I mean, we all have our own witnesses to certain things. Um, but, of course, when you read all four Gospels, you don't say, hey, this is a different Jesus. I mean, you say, this is, a, this is all the same person. Um, yeah. Okay, good. So, Jesus of Montreal, Gospel of Matthew, Last Temptation, Son of God, King of Kings. So, I, I want to show you these for positive and negative reasons, by the way. So, if that's just a disclaimer. I don't want you to think too poorly of me. Um, you know, I forgot to mention, so some of you might not know. Okay, so Jesus of Montreal, it's about a, a passion play that takes place in Montreal. Uh, the Diocese of Montreal puts on a passion play every spring. The, the pastor who normally puts this on wants to spruce things up, and he hires this uh, dark, long-haired young man. And he's gathering his acting, his actors, um, and that for, for the play. For, I forgot to mention that. For some of you, might not know who those people are. So, okay. Um, I think we'll maybe just watch these next two, and then uh, open our Bibles. Oops. Okay. All right. Just we'll, we'll take a look at those three for now. Um, Jesus in Montreal. How do how well? First of all, you kind of have to figure out who's Jesus in the video. He <laughs> wouldn't take the job. <laughs> um, so okay, so where is Jesus in that video? Yeah, it's it, there's it's kind of a trick. Well, 
the guy who plays Jesus is the, the man with the black hair. But is that Jesus in the story? You need to pay attention to the librarian. So, see, when we're all, yeah, see, this is great. Movies do a great job. They trick us all the time. We're thinking, hey, this is kind of like a modern retelling of Jesus, so there's got to be a literal Jesus figure. In fact, what we find out is that Jesus is precisely the real Jesus, the Jesus of the Bible in this story, and that the guy who plays the character of Jesus is, in fact, also learning to be a follower of Jesus or is seeking to find Jesus. Why would he be reading? Why would he be in the Bible? If he, I mean, why would he be in the library reading about Jesus if he was already Jesus? I mean, that's number one. Then the painfully obvious, where the woman says, "Are you looking? You know, you you trying to find Jesus?" He says, "We." Oui. And what does she say? He'll find you. So, we already know something about Jesus and discipleship. Jesus is the one who finds you. Okay. Now, the other aspect too, though, and I, you know, it's unfortunate because, I mean is at the beginning of the, the movie where Daniel shows up with the priest. The priest says, I've been putting this play on. I wrote the story. Which should be his red flags, right? <laughs> Wait a second. I mean, he might have written the play, but that's, he's overstating his control of this story. So um, there's already foreshadowing. But on top of that, too, though, is Daniel himself, the one who's playing Jesus, he doesn't know anything about who Jesus is. He just be, Actually, just before the library scene, we didn't see that, is that he goes and talks to a theologian. And the theologian says, you know, we have to be careful around here because the church is going to come and close our theological department. We're not like in Germany, or something like that, he says. But what, what, what is underlying all this whole, this whole movie is that there is this powerful gospel, this story, this Jesus that is going to be uh, doing something to these people that these people aren't even aware of. And the reason why you know that the actor Jesus is not Jesus in the story, or as we would consider Jesus the story, is because of that last scene where they're sitting around the table. Eating is very important in Jesus of Montreal. They're always eating pizza, um, which is a table fellowship, which is like the Gospels, especially if you look in Luke, Jesus is always eating. Which we don't, I mean, of course, we don't think about that, right? That doesn't make good movies, that doesn't create good images, you know, watching a family eat. But Jesus is eating all the time in Luke, and, and throughout the Gospels. But um, so they're eating, and of course, the, the guy who said no, he came back and said yes. And the woman who is the advertiser, or I mean, part of that commercial, she obviously said yes too. So you get that crazy hair. Um, Jesus is at the table, not as a host of the table, and he, the guy says, you know, tragedies might bring bad luck, and the guy who plays Jesus says, well, okay, well, we'll figure it out as we go. You know, that's the whole um, sarah, sarah, whatever, cha-cha-cha. Yeah. <laughs> whatever be will be. The future is until. Okay. Um, now, the disciples in that video, though, or, you know, the actors, so we already talked about the Jesus character, that first scene, well, first of all, there's um, four actors who, who this character tries to get to work with them. Two women and two men. Out of those four, based on what you saw, 
um, how many were actually in front of the camera or even on the stage? Out of, just, just one. That's right, just the woman, right? So you have three actors who, in fact, are not, you know, not necessarily acting. Two of them are what kind of actors? Voices, voiceovers, that's right. All they, all they are is a voice, okay? And then the first one is working a soup kitchen and not even doing, not even acting, any kind of acting. So Jesus picks these kind of people, or the character picks this, these kind of people out in order to be part of this troop, this story. Now, okay, so we have actors who aren't really great. I mean, these are not you know, Academy Award winning people. The second thing is, uh, um, so the one actor that I had to edit out is with two women. And he, he's, he's actually trying to play two men. And the actual, he's voiceover for probably the worst kind of acting ever. One, one that you, you have to be, you, you, it's, it's, uh, it's adult film industry. And the scene, the scene is very offensive, and you're grossed out by it. But this is where he goes and gets his actor from, this sort of environment. Okay. It's important for us to remember. The next one is, is this guy who is all about science, and he really wants to be in control of the text. And, of course, what kind of character is he in? So he, he wants control. Um, and then last, the woman... She's an actor Actor who is just basically selling what? Her body. It's all right there, bam. All right, so the, kind of the, the, the disciples that this guy, or the actors that he chooses are people who come from either ill repute, failures, who just aren't doing it, um, or people who are um, basically just trying to make a living. And then and then people who think they can be in control of everything. All right, that's good. All right. The next one was Jesus, uh, Gospel of Jesus and Pasolini. How is Jesus in that video? Very authoritative. I mean, he knew, he knew what he was doing, right? Not only picking the disciples, but then also after that when he's walking in the streets, what is he doing? I mean, what is he teaching them? Yeah, this is what it's going to be. All right, so this is, this is important because in the Gospel of Matthew, that, that kind of comes later. It's, it's a little bit out of order. But in terms of the film, this is very important for us because uh, the radicalness of it. All right. The disciples themselves, though, what do you think about, I mean... Hey, they're a goofy bunch, aren't they? My favorite is James of Elpheus, where he has like kind of that lock of like brushed hair. And then Judas is like, he's like, hey, you got like this face, you know? Well, Peter's not much better, though, right? So they're kind of, they're kind of a goofy bunch, which which is important. That, that's that's on purpose. Um, and then last but not least, when Jesus tells them, it's actually misleading. 
Do you actually see Jesus talk to them about what it t means to be a disciple in a group? No. No. Did you pay attention to that? Oh, oh, yeah, well, hang on. That's good, Carol. But, uh, okay, so when Jesus is walking, and then, and then what happens? You, 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 you cut back to individual disciples. This is very important because I think he, what, he, what the director is showing is that Jesus is giving these instructions to each one personally. So in order, which is, is important because this is not, hey, this special group of people, this is the apostles' jobs, but everybody else, normal people. That you know, Pasolini's saying you're not the hook. This is each. Jesus is going to speak to you just like he spoke to those people individually. And then Carol, what? what okay, so that goes to Jesus now. What? Because and he's just walking, and it, and in a way, it's almost like he's talking to himself. Mm -hmm. This is what is going to. It's almost like, does he care if you're following him or not? No. Yeah. He just, I liked how he was talking with his, like, with his, almost his head over his shoulder, like, I'm going this way. Right. Um, and I like how visually it was narrow, the path was narrow. Yes. Okay, good. So you got all that. That's really great. And then, and then finally, who's the last one in the scene before it cuts to that skull? It's just Jesus. It's very, so it's great because that is foreshadowing what? Yeah, his death. I mean, oof, that was a, that's a good film technique right there. You know, I know it's in black and white and Italian, and there's well, but and I want to reiterate, none of these people in these fil that film is professional actors. I mean, the guy does that on purpose because he wants to say, "Hey, you regular guy out there, you should be able to associate with all the regular people in this film. This is not time to take a break from life. This is the time to get in with life." Um, yeah, so Jesus is, and, and Jesus is, uh, oh, so the question would be then, too, is, is you're looking at the back of his head, right? I mean, that's, that's, you usually don't think about Jesus's, the image of Jesus from behind, right? But, of course, that is precisely what a follower does, right? I mean, you're going to see Jesus' backside, not his front side. So, Holly. Just went. Yeah. Now, which is very different than the Jesus of Nazareth video, right? He, he preaches. They come after him. They say, hey, can we follow you? He, he's like looking at him. He, he, Andrew, hello. You know, it, it's, very, it's a very different contrast. Okay. We're going to take a look at the Bible in a second and see kind of what's more interesting. I mean, what kind of is more faithful in that respect? Then that last scene, I wanted to show that last scene mainly because of the old guy in it. Yeah, the dad. His name is, in fact, Zebedee. So James and John, when they're called, and Mark and Matthew says, and Zebedee was left in the boat. So what's interesting about the call of discipleship, it's not just only you, it's also, it affects everybody else, which is the cost of discipleship. And that Jesus says that in the Gospel of Matthew video, right? Hey, if you, if you love your father and mother more than me, then, and then the Zeffirelli movie too, the Jesus of Nazareth, he, he also says that while he's sitting down eating a pomegranate? I don't know what it is. Was it an apple? I couldn't tell. It looked like an apple on the outside, but I thought it had red on the inside. I don't know. 
It looked kind of good, though. It was juicy. Well, you know, I don't know. I mean, but okay. Anyway, well, he was eating that fruit, and he was saying, "Hey, if you, you know, those who leave your father and mother in this lifetime, you'll receive more." And Matthew comes up to Peter and gives him a big hug and says, "It's going to be all right. I know you just left your family." And I thought that was a good part because that seemed very realistic. Like that the community around them was. Although they were really the first one was a little like, "Yeah, I'm not doing anything after lunch. I'll follow you." Right. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, nothing best going, nothing better going on. Yeah, nothing better going on. The other one was like super mesmerizing, like he's almost ungodly, like follow me, and they're all like, I'm coming. Yes. And then that last one seemed very much, it's like the two things together. Right. Almost entranced by him, but you could see the realistic. They didn't get it. Yeah. I didn't want to show you the preaching beforehand in The Last Temptation of Christ. I think uh, Pastor Bukes might, or or maybe I won't a couple weeks, but. in the in that the preaching, so so Jesus preached. Remember the the first video, Jesus preaches. I mean, we're all like, "Holy smokes!" I'd love to have Jesus as a preacher, and you know, only Andrew and Philip get it right, and they follow him, and we're like on their side. Yeah, that's right. Okay, great, good. When Jesus preaches in this last temptation of Christ, uh, before uh, John is the one who just goes with him right away, uh, nobody gets it. And you're like, why is John following him? I mean, it doesn't make sense. So there's this peculiarity, like something else is happening here besides what humanly is possible. Because everyone misunderstands what Jesus is saying. It's, it's a very funny scene. And right at the last, right when that first started, he said, I said love. Because everyone misinterprets him as saying, we should go kill the Romans. <laughs> so the thing is, though, that John reacts to this you're like, Jesus is a failure right here. But John says, I'm staying. And, and of course, um, James wants to stay too, but his father Zebedee presses him and says, are you crazy? And he's really thinking, are you going to leave me alone to do this business while I'm an old man? That's right. That mission is hard work. That's right. Well, that's exactly right. And then, and then uh, uh, Peter and Andrew, of course, are like, Kirby said, it's this, I mean, Jesus, John, and then the other guy is uh, Judas. Judas is the first disciple in that story, um, which isn't the only movie that Jesus, Judas is the first disciple. But, um, you know, they're just sitting there looking at him, which is kind of creepy. And then Peter's like, hey, James, look, and hey, Andrew. And then they follow him. Now, what happened before that, too, is Jesus rescues the woman caught in adultery. So Peter, Peter, James, John, and Andrew all have this previous kind of, like, something is going on here. And for all four Gospels, that's essentially true, whether it be John the Baptist saying, go follow him, or Jesus' preaching, even if it's one verse. In chapel, I read from Mark chapter 1, and all it said was Jesus went out, and preached the God, preached, repent and believe in the gospel. I don't know if that's too mesmerizing, but for some probably it was. Okay, um, so if if you want, if you got a Bible, you can open your Bible. If you don't, that's okay too, because I'm gonna we're gonna probably move real quickly. So Matthew chapter four. 
Matthew chapter 4 is uh, the first calling. And it, you know, happens right on the, the uh, oops, tale of the baptism and the temptation. And before the Sermon on the Mount. Okay. So Jesus begins his ministry, and he, uh, if you take a look at verse 17, four, chapter Matthew 4, from that time Jesus began to preach, saying, Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. Um, okay, so we know that Jesus is preaching. Now, we're not really, it's, it's, uh, we know it's in Galilee. So, you know, it's probably safe to presume at, on some level, uh, it's safe to speculate should say. We don't know for sure, but that Simon Peter and Andrew and James and John might have heard Jesus preach or even just heard something about him. Uh, and the reason why we might know that is from the Gospel of Luke, because all hell breaks loose when Jesus preaches, like we saw in the video, that first video. While walking by the Sea of Galilee, he saw two brothers, Simon, who's called Peter, and Andrew, his brother, casting a net into the sea, for they were fishermen. And he said to them, follow me, and I will make your fishers of men. Now, this is important. Immediately, they left their nets and followed him. So there was, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very dramatic, radical change. They left whatever they were doing and followed him, which mimics one of the, one of the scenes very clearly. And going on from there, he saw two other brothers, James, the son of Zebedee, and John, his brother, in the boat with Zebedee, their father, mending their nets, and he called them. Immediately, they left their boat and, they, and their father and followed him. Okay, so, you know, from this we find out that, you know, obviously Jesus is the most prominent feature. He's the authority in all this. He's the one who's active. The disciples are very passive. It's not like they talk to him. There's no discussion. Jesus calls them. They drop everything, and they follow him. And, of course, the point is made more extreme with James and John. So, Simon and Peter, it looks like maybe they're running their own business. They let go of it. Then in... James and John's circumstance, they not only leave their business, but also their father. Okay. So Matthew's whole point is that no one becomes Jesus' disciples by their own choice. You can't choose to become Jesus' disciple. Okay. Um, yeah, there's this uh, old St. Louis professor, Martin Franzman. He says, when Jesus said, follow me, he was confiscating men for himself. He's going around his... Taking names. Now, how does that rub up against... Okay, well, let's just keep going. So, um, so the question is, what do the fishermen respond? I already said, maybe they're preaching. We don't know. Do they really understand the full reality of Jesus' preaching? No, they can't. I mean, that's, that's just impossible. So on some level, they're going without completely understanding. So this is, a, this is the beginning of things. Right, right. So, so what we find out is, is that in order, so it, uh, knowledge prior to following Jesus isn't, uh, isn't what the Bible teaches. It's not like you say, learn this, then become a follower of Jesus. Jesus preaches, and you, you're a follower of Jesus. Jesus calls you, and you're a follower of Jesus. You respond. And then, over the course of that following, your which is normal stuff, right? Your relationship grows, your knowledge of one another grows. It's just normal stuff. Um, but that, of course, points then to kind of the initiative of Jesus and the grace of Jesus and uh, the, the one that 
we're always following him. We're not, uh, we're not chasing. We're not chasing after him. We're following him because we go where he goes. Um, all right. Yeah, and the sort of people, of course, are the fishermen, as Marilyn already mentioned. It was a very tough job back then. Uh, the Zeffirelli video, unfortunately, we couldn't see that one scene, but you will maybe see that is, is there is a scene actually in Peter's house, and there's this junk everywhere. There's nets there. I mean, it's just a gross thing. I mean, you can think about it, right? What if you lived in the butcher shop? I mean, that's essentially what it was. You, 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 get, you raise the cattle. I mean, you, you get the fish. You gut the fish. You prepare the fish. You, you know. So it, it's, it's not a sexy job. The other one, too, of course, is from Matthew chapter 9, and that is Matthew the tax collector. Of course, the tax collector, um, which we always associate with IRS, it's an immoral job. It's a job of ill repute, okay? So Matthew being a tax collector was bad news, and why that was is because he was on the... Whether specifically he was collecting taxes for, for Rome or collecting taxes for Herod Antipas, who, of course, was a vassal of Roman rule. That's kind of a detail. They, but any tax collector was considered a traitor and unclean. Well, that's by the actions. But the job itself for anybody was, this is bad news for Rome. Now, of course, Jesus does say, don't collect any more than you're supposed to. In, um, I'm sorry, John the Baptist does when, um, in the Gospel of Luke when they say, well, what am I supposed to do? So, um, so that's, the radical, that's a radical thing for Jesus to even say, yeah, you can do this job actually um, legitimately. Now, in the, calling of the Gospel of Ma- or in the calling of Matthew, though, in addition to that, though, is afterwards Jesus sits down and eats with Matthew and a bunch of Tax collectors and sinners. What does that mean, sinners? Of course, we all think, hey, everyone's a sinner, so he's just sitting with regular people. That's not what the Bible means in that respect. It's, you're associating with these people who openly and blatantly break God's law, most likely prostitutes. That, I mean, that would be kind of a, a given in those circumstances. Yeah, pimps, it, it basically anything to do with prostitution. Um, you know, aside from that, though, would be people who use it, you know, just a variety. Of, yeah, it could be um, Gentiles, too. So, Okay, now, so this is important for us to kind of consider because as we um, view these videos, the radical nature of Jesus calling these people, it is, it is really turning the world upside down. This is a peculiar message, uh, you know, because fishermen, you know, fishermen these days, you know, hey, whatever. I mean, they got their own TV show up in Alaska, and they're kind of well regarded. Um, and then also, uh, you know, you know, prostitutes are still pretty not well received these days. So oh, that's probably still in case. So when we look at these videos. Um, I think the one that bothers or is most upsetting is the Jesus of Montreal. And I couldn't show it to you because I didn't want to be too much. But when he goes to this adult movie set and says, hey, 
why don't you stop doing that and come join join our acting troupe? You're you're really like, ugh, really? You're gonna really do that, Jan? Is the difference here not that people were called or people followed because that was true of that day? You had the rabbis, you had their followers. The difference here to me seems to be these were people from the lower echelon of life that were being called to be Jesus' disciples. Right. You talk the Maliel, Saul was a yeah, right, exactly. Saul was on an altogether different echelon economic right. than the people that we're talking about here. And isn't that the biggest difference? Well, uh, yes, yeah, yes and no. That's all part of it. So um, poor people were looked down upon morally also back then. I mean, it had to do with much as morals as just your job, their status in life. Those people, were, there was something wrong with them. And that, that, so that's, that, I think that's why we often view like, you know, job, people that work hard and are poor as being kind of noble or kind of maybe morally neutral. You can be a good person being poor or bad, you know. Back then, those, those didn't really, that wasn't really part of how society was seen. Um, now, the other thing, too, though, Jan, that you just mentioned, that I forgot to say, is that back in, in Jewish times, students would seek out rabbis. It was unheard of for a rabbi to say, hey, you be my follower, maybe in some rare instance. In addition to that, though, too, uh, like Greek sages, I think uh, in the gospel, well, when we studied First Thessalonians, Paul made a big deal of like, hey, I didn't take any pay. I'm not like those other goofballs that go around teaching you weird things. Uh, back in those days, Greek sages would entice people to follow them, saying, hey, if you follow me, you're going to, you're going to get all this. In either circumstance, Jesus doesn't do that. Now, on one level, though, of course, uh, you know, especially, you know, when we think about maybe ta- the tax collector, uh, you know, maybe maybe he wants to get out of it. I don't know, but probably not. I mean, he seemed like he was Matthew's doing okay. So that's one of those things where when Jesus calls the disciples, it is it's not like. Jesus is offering them something that they can understand at this moment. And, and in the movie, the, the Gospel of Matthew, that makes it abundantly clear. Following me is not easy. It's, uh, it's very hard. You're going to die. Okay, which is not something that most people sign up for. All right, so the, um, okay, but versus the Jesus of Nazareth and the Zeffirelli movie, uh, Andrew and Philip go after Jesus. They want to follow Jesus. They think this is just going to be great. Um, that really is not true either, right? Because who were they following before that? Yeah, John the Baptist. I mean, who's now in prison. John the Baptist also ate locusts and, you know, wild honey and, you know, wore animal clothes. I mean, so... It, I, I was kind of, I was kind of, the Zeffirelli movie is probably not too biblically accurate. or but, but hey, I don't know, maybe John the Baptist. The character in the movie, too, though, John the Baptist, it's not like he's like a joyful guy. He's pretty mad all the time. So, well, yeah, exactly. So, you know, I don't want to read too much into Andrew and Philip's personalities, but 
to a certain extent, it seems a little bit off. Um, all right, great. Then, um, all right, so Mark, we should probably just take a quick gander at the Gospel of John, if you want to turn to Matthew, uh, John chapter 1. Now, Matthew, Mark, and Luke kind of follow the same sort of template. Jesus preaches. In the Gospel of Luke, you have a longer pr- sermon. Um, in the Gospel of Luke, you, have, you just have a little bit more give and take between Jesus and the disciples. But the, the ultimate thing is, is that you follow me. In the Gospel of Luke, you have this miraculous catch of fish that Jesus says to Peter, go out into the deep. The, the Son of God video it kind of follows that, and, uh, but it's, it's a little bit, well, it's pretty emotional. Um, so you do have a little bit more of a, 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 a richer story in the Gospel of Luke for that first calling. But in John, the calling of the disciples in John chapter 1 is unique because John the Baptist plays the most prominent role in them following Jesus. John says, Behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Then he says to two of his disciples, you know, that's the guy. And then they go, they go after him. So this is something that's kind of different than the other Gospels. And you find that in the, in the films. Shirley. Can't you say more in the book of John that John interprets the events more where in Matthew, Mark, and Luke they're, they're stating the events and going? Well, yeah, yes and no. I, th- I think in, the, in terms of like, I would say maybe John, I, to a certain extent, John seems a little bit more normal, meaning, again, God can move in supernatural ways. God can just say, hey, you follow me, and somebody just drops everything and follows him. However, but, yeah, but in John, there's a much more, more open and uh, richer kind of sequence, especially as you get to um, Nathaniel. Right? Where, verse 48, uh, Nathaniel said to, to Jesus, How do you know me? Jesus answered him, Before Philip called you, when you were under the fig tree, I saw you. Nathaniel answered him, Rabbi, you are the Son of God. You are the King of Israel. Because, you know, Jesus answered him, Because I said to you, I saw you under the fig tree, do you believe? You will see greater things than these. And he said to him, Truly, truly, I say to you, you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. So, you know, Nathaniel thinks he's pray, praying in private under the fig tree. And Jesus sees him, which, of course, Nathaniel associates with God himself. Jesus and God are now already at the beginning, right? I mean, there, there's not an unfolding. There's this. So I would say that Jesus is making these statements probably about himself. And th- so John might be actually be more historical. It's an argument for that. And Matthew and Mark have this. We want to make sure everybody knows that Jesus is in charge. Jesus is the one who's working, the Holy Spirit's working, and so we're going we're gonna to retell the story in this way, where John is saying, hey, John the Baptist was the forerunner, the ministry of Jesus is a fulfillment, and now we have this continuation from the old to the new, and even with the disciples, the continuation from the old to the new, and as he starts gathering more along the way. 
Yeah, you could say it that way. I mean, each, each, each gospel writer wants to tell us that story in a specific way. Like, they, they have something very, they kind of have a, a something in mind. They want to make sure that they tell this about Jesus for, for these people, too. That's a whole other issue in terms of how you interpret the Gospels is who, who are the first people being written to? And like, you know, in first in, 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 for instance, in the Gospel of Matthew, you probably have a primarily Jewish audience, and that's why Jesus spends all this time with the teaching and the law and the, the Torah and the fulfillment of the Old Testament. You have genealogy, you have all this stuff going on, but in Mark, you have kind of a mixed congregation. And within a mixed congregation of Jews and Gentiles, what are you going to have? Conflict. Jesus and Mark is, I mean, there's always conflict going on. It's just a battle. How does Jesus kind of temper that? So, and then, and then Luke, um, you know, there's a theory that it's probably at least Hellenized Jews or maybe even a, a, a big, did I say Luke or John? Luke, Luke, yeah, so Luke Hellenized Jews or even a fair amount of Gentiles. Um, anyways, so that, that's a whole other level of kind of interpretation. But as we see the films, though, we want to take a look at the films, too, and what are they trying to do there. And in the Gospel, the Jesus of Nazareth, kind of a more uh, breath of a story, Jesus is, is uh, this obtuse character, but at the same time, he's very desirable for people to follow him. And Jesus of Montreal, Jesus is this un, unseen person where people are following him based on, on just a simple, hey, can you, you want to just work on this play? And then we see throughout that uh, story, Jesus works on their lives and they become pretty, pretty faithful even to the point of death. Um, in the Gospel of Matthew, we already talked about this, Jesus is a strange character who really is um, fierce. And to be a disciple of Jesus in that story means that you gotta, you got to weigh your options. Just know <laughs> it's not easy. And to a certain extent, that would be then the last temptation where I believe in these two other films, which we won't see today, is the Son of God and the King of Kings. Jesus is sexy. He promises some really good things. We're going to change the world. And as followers, you're thinking, that sounds great. Let's do it. Okay. Sounds like a step up in life. Yeah. I'm not sure that's realistic. All right, any questions or anything? If not, we can pray. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.